0: i think the mindset i had was okay i can go out here and shoot six under and obviously it didn't happen but uh just having that belief that i can play solid on a really tough golf course um in the u.s open was a was a big step for me
1: hi everyone and welcome back to the usga golf journal podcast i'm mike trossel and as you heard there, our conversation this month is with Akshay Batia, the teenager who played in his first major championship, the 121st U.S. Open, and we hit on several topics, including his dramatic finish on Friday to make the cut at Torrey Pines, his relationship with fellow lefty and six-time major champion Phil Mickelson, and what life has been like since he turned pro at age 17. Without further ado, here's Akshay Batia. Right, actually, we could start in a few different places, but coming on the heels of playing in your first major championship, what are some of the big takeaways from your week at Tory Pines?
0: Um, I would say I think the thing I learned the most was that or the thing I've been wanting to do more is have my B or C game and still be able to finish in the top 30. And that was definitely a step in the right direction, just knowing that, at the highest level playing in basically one of the best tests in golf, um, you know, being able to play, you know, not super great, but still finishing the top 60, which is, um, obviously disappointing, but still a really good accomplishment, uh, was the biggest takeaway for me. So I was very pleased with that. Yeah. It seems like a
1: lot of positives you can take out of the week and, and just want to start at the beginning first, you had a chance to play at least part of a practice round with Phil Mickelson, someone who you've gotten to know pretty well uh, over the past couple of years and the defending champ, the 2020 champ Bryson DeChambeau as well. What was that experience like? And and what did you learn from those guys uh, playing a practice round at a major championship?
0: Yeah. I mean, I play with Phil anytime him and I are in the same field, I'll play with him, you know, on Monday or Tuesday. So playing with Phil, it's, It's almost become very, uh, like normal and kind of social. Like there's really not much going on other than we're just, you know, playing the golf course and trying to figure it out for ourselves. Um, but playing with Bryson was pretty cool. Uh, I played with him a long time ago in a Monday qualifier. I think I was like 13 and that was when he first started or first term pro. Um, so being able to play with him, obviously seeing what he's doing with the game is uh, exceptional. And um, obviously I ask him questions here and there. And I know Phil mentioned how he asked, you know, he'll ask me a bunch about the clubs that I'm using or certain shots that I'm hitting. And um, I kind of just ask him how the golf courses changed how it changes and how they prepare and, you know, what they've done successfully to help me and, understand what I can do to be successful for that week. Yeah. I would
1: think, you know, Phil, having played in more than a hundred majors, probably a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that he can share in that regard. You know, what, what are the kinds of questions were you asking them uh, about, about their approach? You know, was it stuff around just to me, I'd find it be really interesting and about the the time management aspect of, of being in a major, being a long week on the preparation and practice and kind of what they do, you know, what, what are a couple of things that you felt like you, you really picked up from your time with them on the course?
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's very casual. Um, and they're trying to prep and, uh, you know, do everything they need to do to have success a successful week. And so I try not to bug them too much, but I was asking Bryson, like, as he uses arm lock as well on, how he gave his speed uh, on longer putts because it's a lot harder to do with arm lock. I spell about chipping and any techniques he does with uh, how long the rough was playing. Um, And Bryson gave me a few pointers. Obviously he's kind of taking the same route as me playing a bunch of tour events young and, Uh, not having success early, and now he's had obviously a lot of success. But he was just telling me that a lot of rest is it goes a long way, and um, so that was something that I think I was already worn out because I've been playing so much, and obviously playing 36 holes the week before. And I did a Monday qualifier the day before the 36 holes, um, and I played like 20 holes that day because I lost in the playoffs. Uh, so it's just Uh, super casual and we're just kind of having a laugh more than me trying to ask him a bunch of questions.
1: That's great and then we get to the championship itself and you know in the first round you had bogeys on five of the first eight holes but then rebounded by the end of round two you're right in the cut line which was pretty well established because you were in the second to last group of the day. Take us through those last couple holes and kind of what was going through your mind if you knew where you stood and sort of what what you were thinking about playing 17 and Friday
0: yeah because uh, I didn't I didn't get off to great starts every day they uh, same thing kind of happened on on uh, Friday so it was behind the eight ball and then I think I made a birdie somewhere on the first nine I can't remember where I think I got it to like one over on the front I thought it was a reasonable score. For you know, later in the day, the greens obviously get more bumpy. Course obviously firms up. The wind was a lot higher than I think the forecast uh, said it was going to be. And I just knew that I just needed to be patient. I was—I've been in that position so many times now, successfully and not successfully. And I know how to handle it a little more. Definitely gotten more comfortable with that situation. But playing seventeen. I just there's one thing I couldn't do is hit in that hazard on off the tee, so I didn't hit. I hit a really good drive. Obviously, I ended up in the bunker. Had a reasonable eye. Kind of a weird shot for me because it's a right pin location and a right fairway bunker, and I hit a cut. So I didn't have too many options there, uh, and I just pulled it a little bit, and I knew I was short sighted and I was just praying that I could get a really good lie and you know hopefully. Managed to make a because I at I, I, I knew four over was gonna be the cut, I think. I think my caddy told me that on I wanna say sixteen. Um and seventeen was probably one of the best up and downs of my life because I knew what I needed to do and I did it. Uh hit an unbelievable chip. I think Phil would have been impressed with it. <laughs> um and then I told my caddy on eighteen, like this is the hole you'd wanna have, you know, it's a chance to make birdie it's a reachable part five he had a good drive the pin was in a reasonable spot because you could kind of miss it long was all right that bunker on the right was okay obviously if you hit a perfect shot on the green you're probably gonna two pot. um and i don't know i just think it was just my time and the cards kind of aligned i hit three really good shots that led up to a three-footer up the hill and Uh, It was great. So it was definitely exciting uh, to do that.
1: Yeah, when that last putt went in, there was an
0: audible roar from the fans surrounding the green.
1: Cameras picked up your dad kind of running around in celebration, knowing what that putt was for. Now, I'm sure you wish that putt was for four under rather than four over, but what was it like knowing that you made it to the weekend in your first major and could enjoy it with family and friends?
0: Yeah, it was great because I had a bunch of family out you know, my neighbor, who's a sheriff who doesn't get to take much time off, he flew out to come watch me. Obviously, I had my dad, my mom, my sister, my girlfriend, you know, everyone supporting me, and everyone knew how much I wanted it um, because I knew if I made the weekend, you know, once I do that, I kind of get more comfortable. I settle in, and I know I could go out and play good golf, move up the leaderboard, and anything happened in US Opens as we've seen in the past. So that was a big, big thing for me because i knew that you know a couple solid rounds could get me potentially in the top 10 or even close to winning so uh, unfortunately obviously that didn't happen but it was definitely success uh you know playing another weekend on vegas stage and uh learning more and more about myself uh on how i've handled certain situations yeah, and on the weekend, you are the first one out on, on Saturday morning, got to play with non-competing marker
1: Jason Gore and his caddy, USGA CEO Mike Davis, which must have been a, a fun experience. And and as you said, I know the back nine on, on Sunday wasn't maybe the, the storybook ending you were hoping for, but you did finish with a birdie on your 72nd hole. Um, so just overall, what, what did you learn from your week at, at Torrey Pines that you think might be helpful in your career going forward and at future majors?
0: Yeah, I think one cool thing, um obviously the Ford Pines played very, very tough. I think the low scores four under the whole week, which was uh I mean it's super solid out. There. But it was weird because I was on I was playing Sunday, I was playing solid on that on my first nine holes. And I was thinking to myself like if this is a – because in my opinion, I thought it would be a lot harder. You know, Sunday at the U.S. Open, everyone talks about, you know, a lot of guys shoot 6-7 over and they don't even play that bad. And um, I think just how comfortable I was and the mental outlook I had on, okay, it's not as hard as I would have thought, which is great because if I have the energy that – um you know, have the 100% energy that I need to have to play majors, uh, it would have been a huge help. But just knowing that the setup isn't as hard as everyone says in my, like in my perspective uh, was a big takeaway. And I think that'll help me in the future because knowing how they set it up and all the hype around how tough it's going to play, I think the mindset I had was, okay, I can go out here and shoot six under, and obviously it didn't happen, but uh, just having that belief that I can play solid on a really tough golf course um, in the U.S. Open was a was a big step for me.
1: Yeah, now there's one under your belt, and, and as you said, one of you know the toughest tests, if not the toughest tests in golf, and you're able to hold your own and make the cut. So, yeah, a great week, and it was it was certainly fun to watch you out there. Uh, but one of the unique things about the U.S. Open isn't just the championship itself, but really kind of the journey to get there as half the field of 156 gets in from qualifying. You were down in South Carolina, Long Cove Club, uh, for your final qualifier. 53 players for five spots. You played 36 holes. You mentioned earlier, it can be a little grueling. You know, for those listening who maybe aren't as familiar with golf's longest day, as it's called, what what is that day like to try and get into the U.S. Open?
0: It is brutal. Um, takes a lot out of you. Uh, and I think knowing that you have to play a solid round of golf the first 18 to keep yourself in contention. And, you know, if you shoot even par, you feel like you got to go out and shoot six, seven under to have a chance. Um, but I was listening to a lot of interviews. Uh, it was the week before or the week of the qualifying, I think it was at Memorial and I was listening to like Justin Thomas's interview and Jordan Spieth's and Patrick Cantley's. And I took two things away from those interviews. And Jordan said, you always think that the numbers going to be a lot lower than it actually is. So if everyone kind of like, I thought it would be seven, eight under to get through and I ended up taking five. So that was something that I, I took uh, to account when I played it was like, okay, I'm thinking it's eight or seven. It could be four or five. And uh, so that was his perspective on it. And then Patrick Cantley was saying that, you know, playing 36 holes is a really long day. So it's always making sure you're checking in with yourself is, am I a hundred percent focused here? Um, and just, that was a big reminder for me is like, okay, I'm tired, but am I focused here? And as crazy as it is, those played a big part of how I played this two rounds. Um, but it's, it's tough. Every putt matters. Every shot matters. Every break matters. Um, so you just, it's gotta be your day and you also got to play really well and believe in it.
1: Yeah. I think that's really good perspective. Just you know, hearing what you said earlier about Phil and Bryson and what you were kind of gleaning from them playing practice round. And now, Spieth and Cantley and, and JT and hearing what they're saying. It seems like you've been learning a lot uh, in, your, in your early years. And you know, going back a couple of years, you turned professional early, age 17. Um, but the last event you played in before joining the pro ranks was the Walker Cup in 2019 at Royal Liverpool. Now, in my years of covering golf, the Walker Cup is is my favorite event. I love it. Now, I know you've played a lot of golf tournaments, a lot of golf over the years, but describe what it was like being on that team and representing your country.
0: It's indescribable. Um, just the feelings you get when they say, you know, representing the United States of America, playing in front of the uh, Great Britain and Ireland's home, home, uh, home country. Like, it's just so different. The fans were amazing. And I think it really helped me understand what that felt like, using their energy, you know, them rooting against you, but they're still clapping and cheering. It was, I mean, it was unbelievable. And especially to share it with a bunch of really, really solid college players, obviously Stu as a mid-am, just kind of having fun and enjoying that moment because this is going to be my last amateur event. It's going to be a memory I'm going to have for the lifetime. And there's so many, uh, there's a handful of people that get to say they've played on the Walker Cup team and represented their country. Um so to do it was unbelievable. And especially to win too and have that have that moment with everyone was indescribable.
1: Yeah, you win both your matches on that that final day and and you know, the USA team comes from behind to win. It was thrilling to be there. It was a really cool day and I know special for, for everybody on that team and Captain Crosby. Uh, now as we said, you, you turned pro right after the Walker Cup and then COVID nineteen, the pandemic hits. What kind of challenges did that present to you as someone who was, you know, really trying to establish yourself as a pro and earn status on the PGA Tour in those in those early months?
0: Yeah, so I mean, as crazy as it is, it was like a big blessing in disguise because there was just so much that I was dealing with: turning pro early, having a management team, playing pro v- tour events, money qualifying. Like, there's so much going on for me, and it's like wasn't obviously playing as great as I wished and I hoped, but I feel like that was a great thing as well. Um, but it was a huge thing because I got to sit down and relax for three months, really get a good game plan, be excited again to play, you know, mini tour events or min- Monday qualifiers. Like I was excited to go out and compete again, and I'm sure a bunch of guys would say the same thing. So it was great, honestly. Uh, I also got to really dial in my golf swing, uh, my practice plan, uh, you know, just being excited to go out and play with your friends and practice and kind of be a kid again. Uh, honestly, because there was, everything was just thrown at me so fast that I never got to realize that, okay, it's all good. And I still have plenty of time. So it was a great, I mean. It obviously is very tough on the world. Uh, everyone dealing with it, but it was great when the shutdown happened for me.
1: Yeah, I think we were all kind of looking for some silver linings, right? During during the pandemic, for and sure. What those may be, you know, for you know, parents, it's maybe a little more time at home. For you, it's you know, kind of making that adjustment. It, it sounds like, and you mentioned a, a blessing in disguise. So for you, since turning pro, it's been you know almost two years now you know, where have you seen the most progress in your game and what do you think you still need to work on most, whether it be, you know, part of your game or something physical or mental?
0: Yeah. So I think there was a bunch of things that, you know, have changed a lot. My golf swings change a tremendous amount from my first pro event in 2019 to now it's just so much better, so much more control, so many more shot options Um, my practice schedule is definitely way more efficient structured. It's my own kind of, my own kind of, uh, I guess it would be my approach to it. Um, so those have been key things. Uh, my buddy who lives in Raleigh, we've grown up to be best friends once I moved to Raleigh and he started caddying for me, uh, which is crazy because he didn't know too much about golf or at least understood what I was doing at first, and now he obviously does. But, I mean, understanding what works for me, who needs to be around me, uh, there's just so many factors that have gone into it. Um, As far as what needs to get better, I would say – really not not much physically obviously mentally I could get stronger every day and I've worked on it and I've found new self-discoveries and my coach Chase Duncan always talks about me self-discovering things for myself to become a better player Uh, whether it's warming up on the left side or the right side of the range which kind of wind I need to have Um, how much sleep I need to get what I need to eat so there's so many things that I'm still learning but Thankfully, I'm learning it young. I'm learning it at the highest level for the most part. Um, But it's just having the opportunities to play, you know, a whole season on the PGA Tour would make it a lot easier. But no one says it's going to be easy, and it's not easy to get on the PGA Tour right away. So it's just taking it day by day and, you know, keep believing in myself and everything will kind of come together. But. Like I said, being 19, I have a long road ahead of me, and I just gotta make sure I keep that perspective.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned all the, the small things, right? It just how do you eat right when you're on the road all the time? You know what? As far as you know, sleeping, you travel, how you how you practice things like that. It's stuff that you probably didn't think about when you're playing a bunch of junior events. You just kind of show up and teed it up, and you know, if you play if you played better than everyone else, great. Um, but now yeah. it really is to to something. I mean, it, made it a career.
0: Yeah. Even when I first turned pro, I didn't realize any of this. I was just so excited to play on the PGA tour. And then I didn't play well. I get down on myself and now it's more, uh, looking back at, okay, well this week, for instance, pebble beach that week I slept. My sleeping schedule was perfect. Like slept early, woke up early. Everything was perfect. We ate at a perfect time. Our practice leading up to the tournament was perfect. And obviously I played very solid for majority of my holes that week. Um, so it's like things like that, like, okay, we need to keep doing that. Um, and then Wells Fargo, there's just so many different stories. to all the tournaments, but Wells Fargo, a big thing for me was keeping my posture, um, you know, solid and looking like I was enjoying myself and really being, having like tunnel vision, on what I need to do and what I need to accomplish to play these next whatever. I have 36 holes solid. Um, So there's just so many things I'm learning every single week I tee up, whether it's on the PGA tour, it's in a mini tour event or a Monday qualifier. There's just certain things that I've learned that have really helped me that I would have thought, I would have never thought about, um, you know, when I was 17, Yeah, it's great to see
1: you out there at Pebble. And I know that was, you know, the the tournament. You hit all 18 greens in regulation in one of the rounds and had a strong finish, tied for 30th. So it it does seem like the progress is certainly being made um, when when you're out there on tour. And, you know, I want to circle back to something. One other thing you said, just curious about the the physical stuff. So you're pretty happy at where you are. You know, you played that practice round, or at least a few holes with Bryson at, at the U.S. Open. You both have some similarities in terms of, having top club head speed and ball speed. Um, but obviously your your bodies look a little different. Have you given any thought to trying to add weight or muscle? Are you letting that kind of develop more naturally to keep that flexibility and fluidity in your swing?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I would love to be way bigger. (laughs) I would love (laughs) to look way more muscular, but it just doesn't happen. I have a fast metabolism. My dad's skinny. My mom's skinny. Uh, my sister's skinny. So it's just as hard as I try, it's just not happening. And I'm just going to, you know, let it happen naturally. Um, and I honestly haven't had enough time, you know, traveling almost every week to work out and eat the right ways and eat at the right times. But that's just how it is. And hopefully, uh, next year by this time, I'll have 10 more pounds. I'll hit it a little further. I'll have a little more mass. I'll be, more energized um so yeah i'd love to look bigger because you know <laughs> it'd be great <laughs> everyone calls me skinny and i don't love it so <laughs> <laughs> well, you still pound the ball out there with the best of them so uh, it has been fun to
1: watch uh, finally from here you know what what's up next for you where will we see you over the next couple months
0: yeah so i have uh basically all the monday qualifiers for the rest of the season um so that's my plan play a few mini tour events i have one sponsor's invite left so we'll kind of see where that falls into place but hopefully just monday in have a solid week and just keep the momentum going because i've been playing really good i've had a lot of self-belief uh, more and more as i keep playing and enjoying it um and yeah we'll see where i am in a few months from now and Hopefully solidify somewhere
1: to play for next season. All right. Akshay, you know, we're, uh, we're very excited to see where you go in your golf journey. It's, it's hard to believe you're only 19 years old, but as you said, you're starting early and uh, you know, I'm sure that won't be uh, your last major that you just played. Hopefully one of, of many, many more to come and uh, probably have a few trophies in that, in that uh, trophy display case really soon. So thank you so much for the time. And, and for you, the listeners, if you want to watch, Behind the scenes of what went into this year's US Open at Torrey Pines, everything from preparing the course to following the few players, including Akshay. Check out From Many One Inside the 2021 US Open on the USGA's YouTube channel. Thanks again to Akshay Batia. I'm Mike Trossel, and we'll see you next time.